How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits. Every week, our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now, here's your host, Brad Costanzo. Hey there, welcome back to Bacon Rap Business. I am Brad Costanzo, as the jingle just told you, and I'm excited to talk to you today about a topic I guarantee, no matter what business you're in, is on your mind. It's on all of our minds. Today, we're going to divert a little bit from the business tactics and strategies, and we're going to talk about uh, your life a little bit. And uh, happiness, a very nebulous term. Happiness means different things to different people. I know that the term happiness for myself has actually changed uh, the meaning and the definition. If you had asked me when I was in my 20s what I thought happiness meant, and in my 30s what happiness meant, and now in my 40s what I think happiness means, I would have probably given you a, a separate answer for each individual one. But I know this is a hot topic, and that's why today I've brought on an expert in this field, especially when it comes to happiness for executives, entrepreneurs, and other high performers. And let's be honest, there is a difference between uh, executives, entrepreneurs, high performers, and the way they view happiness and the things they strive for versus the average, ordinary, everyday person who's just kind of going through their day trying to make you know, ends meet. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I know for a fact, having been in both places and surrounded myself with both types of people, I get an amazing... Uh, I get a different perspective about how, how big the difference is and how vast the gap is oftentimes between what uh, an entrepreneur or an executive will define for themselves as happiness and what you know other people will. So that's why I've asked our Michael Anderson, we'll call Michael for short, to join me on the call today. Michael is a very sought-after speaker and expert in this area, best-selling author. He's founded three successful international software companies, He's played pro basketball and lived in six different countries. The guy fits the profile of the executive, the entrepreneur, the, the, the high performer. And though he found a lot of success in his life, by most measures, he found he wasn't happy. He had a divorce, a nasty lawsuit, drugs and alcohol brought him to a low point, and he made a vow to change. Now, through earning a master's degree in something called spiritual psychology, which we'll get into, and committing to a path of personal transformation, well, he did just that. And now Michael specializes in helping entrepreneurs and executives live happier lives. Because after all, what is success without happiness? Michael, are you with me, buddy? Absolutely, and thanks for that, uh, that, that good, good intro. You're giving us a lot, of, a lot of momentum coming into this. Well, I hope so. I mean, I know this is a topic uh, on you know, a lot of folks' minds, and you know, it is mine too. Every single day, I wake up, and some, you know, sometimes I'm motivated, and sometimes I'm really excited about all the things that are going on in my life, and sometimes I feel the crushing weight of obligations, stress, activities, responsibilities. Um, always thinking about my business. Can't leave it alone. That's the negative side about being an entrepreneur. I can be honest with you. I kind of miss, you know, leaving the job mentally at least at five o'clock every night and, uh, Fridays not thinking about it till Monday, but, um, you know, like most entrepreneurs think about it all day long and I can really 
put you into a tailspin of, uh, of stress if you let it. I think I've done a pretty good job. I consider myself a pretty happy person. But I want to jump into this. and I want to talk to you about, you know, happiness and what it really means. Because I mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast, that it's a very nebulous term. To some people, happiness means contentment. Some, it just means satisfaction. Others, it means excitement. Some people can't be happy unless they're achieving more and more and more, at least they think. So in all of your, in all of your uh, studies on this, speeches, everything, working with other folks like yourself, before we get into anything else, your background, how do you define happiness? Well, that's a great, great question, and that, that's one of the things they talk about with happiness is, is the, be- the best technical definition is a general sense of well-being. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess that'll pass for, uh, for a good uh, technical definition. But, and uh, I, I've not found a great way to wordsmith this, but my definition of happiness, Brad, is, is the gap, is, is, the la- is the, how small the gap is between where we are and where we need to be, where we, where we perceive we need to be. And what I mean by that is, look, if I say I need to make this amount of money to be happy, then there's a gap between where I am now and where I perceive I need to be. Now, there's a difference between where I I think that I need to be and where I want to be. So there's a difference between need and preference. So if I say, hey, I'm making X amount of money per year now, for example, and I'm in acceptance of that, but I want to make more, then I can be happy now. But if I say I need to make X amount of money to be happy, then there's no way for me to, to, to have happiness right here in the present moment. That makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, you consider yourself happy? Are you in that place? <laughs> so, uh, again, let's talk definitions. This loaded, is a great way to start out. Right? I'm still your feet to the fire. <laughs> yes, I love it, man. I can, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big guy. I can take it. So, um, uh, happiness isn't a light switch. So, um, it's not, you're not happy or you're not happy. To me, it's what degree are you happy and what degree are you happy today? And, you know, I, I talk to people and, and we've got to watch the black and white. You know, are we successful? Are we not successful? Are we happy? Are we not happy? Is my relationship with my partner good or not good? Am I a good boss or not good boss? You're both at all the time. You know, it's, and it's not, mm-hmm. am I a good CEO? Maybe I'm an 80% good CEO. And when it comes to making changes in your life, because that's what I really help people do is make positive changes in their lives, we don't want to go from zero to 100 because that's impossible and it, it's daunting. We want to go, I, I say, 3% better. So if, if you're say, you know, I want, to, I want to have a better relationship with my business partner. So mm-hmm. instead of saying I, I want to transform my whole relationship with my business partner, why don't tomorrow you just try to make your relationship with your bar, par, business partner 3% better? I like that. And then, let me guess, the next day, try to make it 3% better tomorrow, too, and the next day. Yes, because it's very easy. I can make that, do that one extra statement, listen to them, you know, give them a little more attention, say one more compliment. That's easy to do. It's really hard for me to change the whole way I take that, that relationship into my life. Yeah, I think that's really profound, and it's a, a lot of folks try to make, and myself, I, when I say a lot of folks, I mean me, have, have tried to make the, that leap, that transformation from, uh, you know, from point A to point B. And it's like trying to jump, you know, up Mount Everest. You know, you're in base camp. You don't jump up. You go from base camp to base camp. You, uh, you acclimate. You go up a little bit at a time. And I see that as, you know, as well, I mean, with myself and others. It's like, well, okay, here's what I, I can't pay the bills. 
in order to be happy, I need to win the lottery so I can drive a Ferrari. And, you know, as opposed to, I can't pay the bills. My next goal is to pay my bills when it comes to that. And like you just said, make yourself 3%, you know, 3% better on a daily basis in all the various areas of your life. It's something that most people can do and it doesn't seem so out of reach. Exactly, because you know when we study the brain and, and when we have a goal, and the goal is very audacious, and you and I and, and the people listening, you know, we're go for it people, but we have to be careful uh, what we set ourselves up for. And um, I know before we talked, uh, you know, before we were talking, I have a book called The Experiment Out, and mm-hmm. the, the the book is about uh, it's a is a business fable, so it's a story, and it's about a business owner making changes in in his life. And in this case, the business, the, the business owner is separated from his spouse. Um, they're going through marital problems. He has, he's living an unfit life, and he's going through uh, relationship problems at, at work. There's problems at work. And Sounds like a lot of people I know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. People ask me, so is that a story of me? I'm like, well, it's a, yes, me and everybody else, right? Yeah. Um, and the way he, he actually meets a coach uh, through a chance meeting and goes through a couple of the coaching sessions, um, and it's, it's business slash life coaching. Um, mm-hmm. And what, one of the things, it's called the experiment because what the coach tells him to do is when you want to make a change in your life, call it an experiment. And the, the reason that's so effective is by, 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 if I want to make a change in my life, instead of worrying about going into over-analysis, you know, really worrying if it's going to be the perfect decision or not, if I can just experiment with different things, it really takes the pressure off being right or not, and it allows me to move into action much quicker. That's great. I can all. I mean, I'm I'm kind of picturing that myself, and I and I see like the minute I say I'm gonna I'm gonna experiment with this, it it makes it almost fun. Like I could I could almost see like I've got a lot of changes I'm trying to make in my life. What we all we all do, we always will. Um, I mean, just from what you said, that's profound enough. I I will absolutely uh, use that because that's. It can make that transformation in the way you think, and that's sometimes all you need to take the next step and the next step. And you know, it's like, yeah, it's just an experiment. Yeah, I want to write. Yeah, I want to know more about the book. So, so the book, I, I gotta say, haven't read it yet, but I have it on uh, Amazon right here. I'm about to push purchase the minute we get off the phone. So I wish I could say that you know, to my audience, I've been through the book and I. I went through it. But however, I will say that the, the reviews on Amazon are amazing. It seems as though you've really touched the hearts and minds of a lot of your readers. But tell me more about the book. So it's a, it's a, it's a, is it a fable? Is it a, it's kind of a, a story, or I guess maybe fable is the wrong word, but maybe that's what we're going for here. So it's not, and I, and I love learning by stories. So tell me a little bit more about that story. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, I'm happy to give everybody, I think that's a great, thanks for having me on so that I can summarize it for everybody. Hopefully they can get value out of this. And if it's right for them, they can purchase it. Um, It is a fable. It's, you know, as a business person, everybody in the world has given me books. I have so many books to read. And there's a lot of these good books. There are a couple hundred pages, and I get some good stuff out of it. But, you know, it's, you know, the first, like, quarter of them was good, and then it just drags on. So, um I wrote this as a story format, and it moves fast because so, I know my target market, people like me and you, you know, we assimilate information very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's 150 pages, but to be honest, I, I, I spaced and a half it, so it should be less. But, <laughs> you know, it's fun going through these short chapters. And, um, it, uh, you know, it, it really talks. To me, 
Brad, personal transformation is moving from being externally motivated to internally motivated. Um, so we look at what gives us joy and happiness, and when we can, we can, we can pull that in and stop worrying, stop being so attached and affected by what happens outside of us. We come into life much more, much stronger, and we take ownership of our life instead of life dragging us around. And that makes a lot of sense. Yes, and that's what this story is about. It's about how to show up more authentically, how to manage and reduce your and, and eliminate stress, how to bring work-life balance in, how to, to create a life for yourself that's calmer and you can make better, stronger decisions, and how to how to be to um, to communicate with people in relationships. So there's a lot in this little book based on my experience because I've had a lot of highs and lows in my life and the people I work with, all based on these, this spiritual psychology. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, I mean, I, I've definitely read some of your, your background and having been in those lows, uh, I mean, like you said, problems with drugs and alcohol, problems with you know, going through divorce, all that other stuff where it feels like your world is collapsing down around you you're somebody who's kind of been to the depths and, you know, found their way back. And it sounds like you're, you're trying to share that with, you know, with others so that, you know, if they find themselves in that position, they can help themselves climb up. And I think that's great because, you know, in this world, we never learn. I mean, there's no class in school. There's no, there's no course in college or high school that talks about how to be happy. And what is the one thing every single person out there strives for? We don't all strive to be in the same job or a career, but we all strive. We all have that human instinct to be happy. But I also think it's a big problem that most people don't know what happiness is. Sometimes people don't know happiness. You know, they're happy and they don't even realize it, or they could be with a simple flick of a switch. But I also think that one of the problems um, that folks face is, you know, I've I've always heard that the, the number one key to happiness is like gratitude or living in the moment. But that's one of the easiest things that people can do is just be aware of what they've got, thankful for what they've got, and not constantly be focusing on what they don't have. At the same time, and I've, and I've had conversations with this with other people, whether they've been coaching students or they've been clients or they've just been friends, and they always have a hard time balancing out just being happy in the present and yet maintaining that desire, that ambition to do, to do more. So it's almost like this constant tug of war of, okay, well, should I just, do I just be content with what I've got or do I strive to achieve more? And I don't, I mean, I believe you can do both and I believe you should do both, but I I don't believe a lot of people have those tools, the mental tools necessary to do that. Do you care to share any insight on that? I'm glad you brought this up, Brad. And you're, you're, you're a very involved person and you hit it right on the head because I talk to people, and, and you know, we're, we're entrepreneurs. We, we've created great, great things in our lives, yet we, we, we judge ourselves and, and, and we set these unrealistic expectations. And I work with people that have created $10 million, $100 million companies, and they're like, man, I'm, but I'm, I didn't do this right, and I didn't do this right. And I said, look, there are exercises, and I'll share some of the exercises in a couple minutes, that, that you can be happy and, and, and proud of yourself and in a good, positive mode and achieve actually more. And they say, and, and they have fear, they have concern that by putting themselves in this positive, positive mindset that they're going to lose their quote unquote edge. Right? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yes. 
And I, I know why we have this fear, because I'm a competitor, and sometimes, and I'll be honest, it still happens, I've got to check myself to make sure I'm not competing to beat other people instead of um, I'm competing <laughs> to elevate myself and others around me, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and what actually happens is when we are in this positive state of mind, we're much more open to things that happen around us. Um, because when we are in that fear or we're trying to beat other people, we don't see other opportunities. When we are in this positive state of mind, we have much, much more energy. Um, we have much deeper relationships. We're more vulnerable and we're more authentic. That means people follow us more. People like us more. We, we, we form tight um, connections with people, which massively help us out in business and in our personal lives. You know, there's been studies done that, that people that are um, – that are in a positive, optimistic mindset are four times more creative, 300% more engaged. So we're starting to study this, Brad, and I hear, what, I hear the concern about losing their edge. I can tell you story after story and bring up study after study that that's not true. So people have to release that to step into this new, new mindset. Yeah, I, think, yeah, I definitely think so. You know, this kind of brings me back um, years ago maybe about four or five years ago, I went to a personal development seminar and it was great. And, and I was listening to all these people who had achieved so much more than myself. It was so inspiring. You know, some, I guess one kind of difference between a lot, you know, a lot of people out there, and it took me a while to do this is that some people, when they see other super achievers, they feel bad about themselves. Like, Oh, I don't have that. So I'm a loser. But you know, myself, at least I just get inspired. I'm like, you know, that's great. If they can do it, maybe I can do it too. I think that I wanted to share that with others that number one, if you take that attitude, it'll, it'll stop making you compare yourself to what you don't have and start make you thinking about what you could have. And I know that one of the, one of the things that has kind of been a guiding, not a mantra, but something in my life has been the concept of uncomfortable happiness. And I was even thinking if I ever write a book on this subject, maybe that's what it would be called uncomfortable happiness because all my life I had constantly been striving. And this is why I said the definition of happiness, depending on what age I was or where I was in my life changed. But all my life I thought, okay, if I can only get to that place where I'm comfortable, where I'm, I'm not worrying about money and I'm not worrying about finding love and I'm not worrying about X, Y, Z. If I'm just comfortable, I'm striving for that. And I think most people, you know, are striving for just that, that lack of worry and comfort. And then I achieved that, you know, made good money, um, had a, you know, great relationship, friends and family, and I was pretty comfortable, but I wasn't happy or I wasn't considering myself happy. And I started to realize that, well, wait a minute, maybe it's not, maybe I shouldn't define happiness as comfort, but maybe I should get out of my comfort zone. If I'm striving for more, if I'm, if I'm uncomfortably happy, get, getting out and knowing, you know, putting myself to the test, knowing that. I can experiment with my life and knowing that I can, uh, you know, to use your word there. And if I can uh, kind of get out there and not take it so personally, but get out of my comfort zone and um, achieve, maybe if I, if I redefine happiness as that, or at least redefine the, uh, I guess, the signs of happiness. And man, if I'm uncomfortable, if I'm out of my comfort zone, it means I'm pushing myself. Perhaps that'll make me happy. And it actually, you know, funny enough, it has. I've jumped out of my comfort zone. I found myself a little more excited about life, a little more happy. And it's just one insight I wanted to share with you with the audience that 
you know, it made a big difference with me, and that's why I was so excited to talk to you, just an expert on this topic, because we usually just talk about business stuff. But, um, yeah, so the idea of uncomfortable happiness was profound for me. Well, that's awesome. It, and, again, this is a fun doing this with you, Brad, because you, you, this is great stuff to talk about and share. Because, again, all of us go through this. It's not often that we get a chance to, to talk through this and find out why it happens and, and how we can best optimize our life. Um, through psychology, I, 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 well, if you go to executivejoy.com slash speaking and you, and you watch that, it, sh- it tells you why we, um, it tells you the psychological reasons why we don't, there's a demo video of me where, where I, when I public speak, I talk about the psychological reasons why some of this happens. But you're exactly okay. right as, um, it's a little bit of a long story, but I would just, I, I figured let's pop on. Um, but you're exactly right because um, a couple different things come to my head. Uh, you know, we're creators. You know, as entrepreneurs and executives, we're competitors. We're creators. There's, there's not going to be this point where we reach a certain amount of money and stop. You know, right. Because, because what gives you enjoyment is creating. And, yeah, money is a bit of a scoreboard and it makes comfortable. But at the end of the day, I would do what I do even if I didn't get paid for it or I was independently wealthy, and a lot of us would, Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's touching people. It's it's the internal joy that we get. And and another thing, Brad, what you exactly hit on the head is we want to change our definition of winning. And this is what I talk about too: um, change our definition of winning from doing things perfectly. Because a lot of us get caught in this analysis paralysis because we don't even start anything until we do it perfectly. Oh yeah. And we want to change our definition of of success of of trying and experimenting. So if you want to put out a podcast, if you want to do a podcast, instead of waiting until you're going to do the perfect podcast and never, ever getting started, just do a podcast. Have it be okay and figure out what you did wrong and then just move to the next one. I didn't know you were following my podcast process so closely. That's exactly what I did. You know, uh, One of my mentors, Mitch Axelrod, you know, is, I don't know if he created this, but I think I've heard it many times and uh, he always pounded it into my head, which was, you know, um, imperfect action, you know, beats perfect inaction every time. Yes. Just take that. Imperfect action trumps perfect inaction. That's so true. Now, I, I, I've been guilty of that until I just decided, screw it, I'm going to jump right on in. Um, I, loved, I love the experiment and try. You know, there's, a, uh, there's another adage I live my life by, and it comes from my years studying neuro-linguistic programming or NLP, and one of the presuppositions or the foundational principles of NLP being that there is no such thing as failure, only feedback. So, okay, yeah, I, it externalizes the, the result. You know, it's my, I internalize the effort, like you say, you know, it goes from being externally motivated to internally motivated, but don't let the external results affect who you are internally. So whenever I, if, you know, if, if the podcast were to fail, I would not have said I'm a failure. I would say, well, guess what? That podcast failed probably because I forgot to do X, Y, or Z. So if I ever do this again or if I want to improve it, I just do X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's amazing how that keeps you from taking stuff so personal and getting into that depressive vortex of negativity. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I can learn more by doing a podcast than I can by reading about it. Guarantee it. Every <laughs> single time. So now, Michael, you, sp- you spend a lot of your time, uh, who, who do you typically work with? Are you, are you working with, well, 
I've got, I guess, a couple levels into this question. Number one, is it people who are, you know, kind of really in that depressed state where they're, they, they really know they have a problem? Or are you working with people who, yeah, I, I would imagine by the time they, they actually seek help, they've got a problem, they come to you because they need, they need out of that vortex. Or are you working with um, somebody other than that? When I, when I speak to groups, I have a couple different things I speak on. You know, one is um, I, I, I talk a lot about overcoming fear and procrastination and, and really playing it big in your life. So, you know, getting over. So companies that are going through a lot of change sometimes bring me in to, to, to really uh, uh, beef up their creativity and their imagination and their organizations. Um, second thing I talk about is, is happiness and the psychology of happiness. But the, 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 when I work with people one-on-one, which I don't often, and then the third thing I speak about, which it's a little bit, uh, it's a bit unique, is I really talk about bringing spirituality into the everyday life. Um, okay. And, that, and that's into the life of a business person as well as into a business. Um, okay. And it's, when I talk about spirituality, I, I'm not religious at all. It has no specific religion. It is, um, mm-hmm. it is the, the, when I say spirituality, it's everything... I look at in my life, I look at through a lens of love and compassion. And okay, that's great. That's easier said than done sometimes, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's true. And it's really just, um, but when you can do it, and, when you, and again, it's not a switch, do I do it or not, as I move to, closer to that, my life is just such a, a, a joy to be in. And, and when I apply that to relationships, I apply that to my work life. Because a lot of us get maybe this message, whether it is our spiritual learnings, whether it is what we inherently know, and, and sometimes we do it at home, but not at work. Or sometimes we do it if we go to a church or you know a, a temple or a synagogue or, or wherever, but we don't do it at home. So it's mm-hmm. really taking our beliefs and our authenticity and seeing how we can show up in every... I heard a definition of living to your potential as making the, the highest level decision you can at, at any point in your life. And when I say highest level, that's for the greatest good. And I thought that I think that's really beautiful. I, I really think it is as well. Greatest. Uh, I've heard it also phrased like yeah, highest and best for all for the longest haul. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I, yeah, I kind of like that. Well, so okay. Um, so we've got the one of the action steps for people to take away is start to any change they want to make. Sort to view it as an experiment as opposed to. A uh, transformative life change makes it a lot easier. Do you have any other quick, kind of quick takeaways that whoever's listening to this could say, oh, I'm going to go try that as well? And can, yeah, I, I, you know. I do. I do. Because, um, you know, we talked, people have said a gratitude journal, which a gratitude journal is, mm-hmm. is good. And what that is, at the end of the day, you write down what it, all the things you're happy for. And, the psychological reason that works is because our brains are so tuned in to finding the negative, we're retraining our brain to find the positive in things. So it, it, it's nice when things sound cool and they're backed up by psychology. That's the type of thing I like. Um, yeah, I can't tell you how many times my gratitude journal has helped me. Yes, yes. So I've extended the gratitude journal because I found that at the end of my work days, sometimes I would come back and I would just be exhausted. And I would think, oh, my gosh, I didn't even get anything done today. And I worked my butt off. I worked a 12-hour day, and I can't even feel like I did anything. So, again, besides the gratitude journal, I, I, uh, it's also great at the end of the day to write down 
what all the good decisions that I made in the day. And this is good for getting, oh, this is sort of your impact. So this is what you call your impact journal. And this will get you over a lot of stress and anxiety because we have so much capability. We do so many good things, but we don't focus on the good things that we did, like the intelligence decisions that we made, the great hire, handling this customer, that once we realize how much power we have, we can have less stress and anxiety because we can take more risk because we know we can handle it. So you talked about NLP. A lot of it's about retraining the brain. So this is retraining the brain to realize the power each one of us has into it. And oh, that's great. Yes, and the third level, and, and this is in the book. The, the great thing about the book is it has chapters, and at the end there's, there's exercises you can also download, so you can do a lot of this at home. Um, and the third thing is, where did life, <laughs> I say, smile upon us? So where did we have good fortune? Um, because I believe that the world is a giving place, and sometimes we think the world is, is working against us. But if we realize that all the places that we have good fortune and good luck, we realize that the, wor- the world actually works for us, not against us. So, it's, again, it's another retraining. Nice, nice. That's yeah. You know, that's that's amazing. Do you, now, do you cover uh, a lot of this in the uh, the experiment in the book? Do you do you go over some of these concepts? I do. All that stuff we talked about. In fact, there's a, if you re- get the book, you can actually download templates for that, and it explains it explains it in more detail why each one of those are important. And it gives some examples in there. Ah, beautiful. So it's interactive. Interactive for sure. More than just a book, it's a multimedia experiment. Experience, I guess. <laughs> so uh, remind me where they exactly. So remind me where they uh, where they get the book. Is it um, is it ex- what is the URL again? I don't have it right in front of me. Sure, sure. And the, the book is experimenttoday.com. So that's experimenttoday.com. And my corporate site is executivejoy.com. That's executivejoy.com. That's great. So if you are a and I say you to the listener. So if you are uh, working for a company, or working, or you own a company, and you have team members, or you have a, you know whether it's big or medium or small, uh, you are available to book for corporate events, speeches, etc. Is that is that correct? Yes, absolutely. I, I enjoy. I know I, I do culture of accountability, helping companies bring in more accountability into their organization, more ownership. Um, I work with management teams. I do board retreats. So um, yeah, I'm happy to talk to anybody that that wants to just send me a quick inquiry. That's great. So whether they want to read your book full of, you know, full of actionable items that they can learn from. And I, I love the fact that it's done in a story format that, you know, because I think that's really the best way to integrate and learn things or they want to book you. Um, you got a lot of options and they can once more experiment today.com. You can get the book and you can go to uh, executivejoy.com for your more, for your, your general homepage and more corporate, side uh, of you. So is there anything, Michael, that you're working on right now? It's kind of like, you know, what is your biggest challenge right now? I understand that one of the biggest things you or goals is probably to get your message across and inspire more people, but is there anything else in business or life or whatever that you're kind of uh, challenged on that, you know, perhaps, perhaps it's something that you've been stuck with. Maybe I can help you with. Well, I'll, I'll just be—I'll be very authentic and vulnerable. So I love talking about the spirituality, and uh-huh. I've just been working up. And I'll, I'll be again—I'll be very honest. I'm working up the courage to start doing this and teaching this to business people. Um, 
because it's, uh, you know, I perceive it's a little bit of a risky thing. I don't want to, you know, it's, and again, I don't talk about the religion, but some people have really deeply held beliefs. And so yeah. I'm, um, you know, I, it's my favorite thing to talk about. I've, I really understand it well, and I, I work with people one-on-one. So it's just bringing it to groups. Um, that's sort of my next big, that's my next project that, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that's the answer. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you know, so, some of the best um, tactics I've seen with that, honestly, has been, and I don't know if you've really, um, you've uh, explored this too much, but uh, going to associations, industry associations, and um, you know, kind of the nonprofit, you know, uh, sometimes it's hard to get into the company, but it's it's often been easier for myself, my clients, et cetera, to go through the uh, industry associations and help provide, you know, be the, you know, the featured content you know, experts in, in that area because they're always looking for ways to uh, add value to their membership and to grow their, you know, membership base. Sometimes it's fee-based, sometimes it's not. But, um, you know, I don't want to obviously, and, you, and I may be preaching to the choir here, you may have done a lot of this, but it's oftentimes a great way to get that anointed or endorsed, at, at, you know, as an expert because, okay, you know, you're featured by the uh, XYZ Association. Well, okay, you must be, you must be great. And it's, a, it's one of those ends that few people really understand or, or go for because they end up just going for the elephants. They go for, you know, the big corporate gigs where, you know, it's a lot harder to go from a cold, you know, call for lack of a better word to kind of an end. But it's well, that. that yeah. Well, that, 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 yeah. that's great feedback because I think that, that coming in and, and I appreciate that because I think coming into a, with, with a message like this, it's, it's maybe not right for a company, but it may be right for an association because it's less, it, it, it's a different dynamic. Exactly. And also, whenever you're speaking with a company, um, I've done a, a decent amount of this, as well as my clients, but when, uh, whenever you're speaking to a company and, and, and pitching them on the whys uh, of you know, why they should be working with you and, and helping to provide your, you know, your content, your intellectual property, et cetera, to their people, is always focusing on the, uh, you know, taking a focus off of really what you teach and what your clients get out of it and just focusing on the, the how it makes them more productive, how it really impacts their bottom line. And I've seen when I started talking to, to companies about that and, you know, using it as a profit improvement tool, it's amazing how, uh, you know, how their ears perk up as opposed to saying, you know, this is, your people will love you for this and it'll make them happier and et cetera. Especially if you've ever talked to any companies or or people who can quantify their results with, um, you know, after making these changes, I got X and Y, you know, much more productive. But we, the whole team experienced a dramatic turnaround, et cetera. But I find it so often, especially with content and experts, that they get so um, passionate about what they teach, they, they, they assume that the company who's supposed to be sponsoring them, and, you know, in a way cares about it too. And, you know, at the end of the day, they really care about how, how do I make my people more productive or more happy so that I can make more money or so that I can have better retention, less turnover, et cetera. So uh, I have no idea if that is anything you are currently doing or not, but it's just one of the little insights, especially when it comes to that area that I've seen make a dramatic effect. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And, and in fact, to me, that, that, almost, that almost is serving them because as a communicator, I want to make the, the information as easily assimilated by them as I can, and that's meeting them on their own turf, not being ego-based and thinking, from my point of view, I want to put my, 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 my customer hat on or my prospect hat on, really 
delivering them the information that they can best take in. I agree. I think that's fantastic. Well, Michael, I really appreciate your time today. I think this has been a very useful conversation for every single person to have, and I would love to talk to you for hours about this, but I really think for the listeners' benefit, the single best thing you can do is go to experimenttoday.com, buy Michael's book, grab it, read it, 150 pages. Like you said, double-spaced. You'll you'll get through it quickly, and if you're like most of my readers and myself – Probably read quick and, like Michael said, dissimilate information quickly. And I can't think of much better information to put into your brain. I mean, it's like it's like a diet. You know, the food you put in, you put in crap, you're going to look like crap. You put in good stuff into your brain. I mean, we all need that, that mental diet to kind of balance out the, the daily stresses. And I can't think of anybody better to, you know, help guide people along this journey than yourself. You've already proven that you've got a ton of value and that, I mean, I... I I had not heard that concept before is just treat, treat the changes you want to make like an experiment. And the minute you told, told me, hit me like an epiphany, I was like, oh, yeah, that's no-brainer doing that immediately. I can absolutely see how effective it is. So if your stuff is full of that, I'm going to be digesting it, you know, in depth. And I encourage everybody, every other listener to. So executivejoy.com. Go, go ahead. You, you want to interject? No, no. no. I was just, I was, well, that's actually the only good nugget, so I just gave everybody the only good nugget, so that, that was it. Oh. <laughs> no. That's all. Yeah, that, your work is done. <laughs> but, no, that, that's amazing. Michael, I really appreciate you taking time to, uh, to be on the show today. I know my listeners are going to love, love your stuff, and um, I encourage you guys, you know, buy the book. Let Michael now reach out to him if there's any ways that he can help you, your company. I guarantee there's, you know, we're going to have the contact information here in the show notes and everywhere else. And if you have any other questions about anything we talked about, you want to find out more um, uh, of my insights, of Michael's, shoot an email over to, to me. My personal email, askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com. I read every single one of them. I read all your reviews on iTunes. And I love it when you... You know, especially, you know, when you share this on social media, friends, family, whatever, uh, tag myself, you know, make friends with Michael on Facebook or Twitter. Um, and I'll, and I'll put your links up here on your social media links on the website as well. Uh, you know, reach out to us, share it, tag it. If there's, you know, share your favorite insights from this and let us know, you know, authors and experts and personalities like Michael and myself, we, we thrive on letting, on others letting us know that we've made some kind of an impact on their lives. Something simple you can do, I know, goes a long way, does it not, Michael? Absolutely, and then that, that's the one thing we, we, the more feedback you give us, the better we can make all our future stuff, and the better everybody else knows if it's right for them as well, so it serves everybody. Absolutely. Well, Michael, thank you very much for being on the call. Everybody else, thanks for listening. Can't wait for the next episode. Look forward to it, and, um, you know, until then, just keep on focusing on what makes you happy, define it, experiment with it. And, uh, you know, worst case scenario, if you've got a problem, wrap it in bacon. <laughs> All right, guys, Till next time. Thanks a lot, Michael. I appreciate it.